0: Good morning, and welcome to another episode of More Than a Few Words, a marketing podcast for small business owners. My name is Lorraine Ball, and I help small businesses become big businesses. And this morning, along with Allison Carter, good morning, Allison. Good morning. We have as our guest, my good friend, Lolita Amos. And Lolita is the founder of Total Team Solutions, and we're going to be talking about leadership but, Lolita, why don't you start off? First off, good morning and welcome. Tell folks who you are.
1: Well, hi, Lorraine. Thanks for inviting me to be on your show. I'm really excited about this today. Um, but my um, my my vast empire, Total Team Solutions, is about a 16-year-old um, company that does uh, coaching and consulting, working with uh, leadership teams, executive management teams, and mastermind groups of uh, small to mid-sized businesses dealing with issues. Like um, communication and creative collaboration, strategic planning and execution, and that's what I—that's the fun stuff that I get to do. Um, in addition to that, because um, what is it? That I keep saying sleep is just practice for being dead. Absolutely. Um, I volunteer. <laughs> I volunteer and do philanthropy through Purdue. I teach at IUPUI, and I'm finishing a doctorate in executive coaching.
0: Okay, so um, I, I love, and, and I think that's the, the reason we always connected, was because we both sort of had this attitude that, you know, sleep was for rookies. Um, but, <laughs> and I'm hoping that we get to talk about even just a, 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 a small piece of all the things that you're doing. But let's start with um, the leadership side. And, and, sure. and Because you do a lot of work with mastermind groups, um what are you seeing as far as the things, as you're coaching leaders, what's hot right now? What are the kind of things leaders should be um, looking to develop, skills that they need to, to be successful? Mm.
1: Well, a, a couple of things that um, have been really hot um, for quite a while but are really kind of blazing right now are, um, of course, issues around emotional intelligence, like trying to figure out what the hairy Heck, technical term, what the hairy heck that is. And, and the other one is um neuro-based coaching, brain-based coaching, brain-based leadership, that kind of stuff. That's pretty okay. hot right now. So let's
0: start with emotional-based intelligence for break it down for the layman, for people who are like, "Okay, that sounds cool. I have no idea what that is."
1: Okay, so so Lorraine, I, I'm going to explain it to you. And if you don't okay, get because it, I'm on because the phone I'm, with you,
0: so that's a good yeah, idea. Because I'm,
1: Well, and if I if you don't get it when I'm explaining it to you, I'm talking like a doc, like somebody getting a doctorate, instead of like a buddy. Mm
0: -hmm. But
1: uh, but essentially, what it is, like a couple of terms to understand. One is emotion, the other is intelligence, kind of like sense reason. But um, what intelligence is is um, using a particular capacity or ability to solve problems and succeed. That's it. Okay, pretty simple. What we focused on for uh, about a hundred and some odd years is cognitive intelligence using your thinking and your reasoning to solve problems to be successful. And what they realized was that started asking the question after about World War II, whether or not um, intelligence had other components other than just thinking, like, um, like, um, your ability to use relationships, your ability to use your body, like kinesthetic intelligence, and then they started homing in in the 90s on this concept called emotional intelligence, which is using your emotions and the emotions of other people to solve problems to be successful. And so that's what emotional intelligence is in a a nice, shiny little nutshell.
0: Okay, so I love the whole nice, shiny little nutshell. Um, (laughs) We uh, let me just make one quick note because I'm going to go back and ask some questions. Um, sure. If uh, if you guys have questions for Lolita, as always, you can um, put them on Twitter. Be sure to use the hashtag MTFW. And you can call in at 805-285-9865. If you have a question for the host, be sure to push one on your keyboard um, we do have a caller, but I won't un- unmute your mic unless you raise your hand and tell me you have a question. So, Lolita, as we're talking about emotional um, intelligence, yeah. how do you use your emotions to solve problems uh, in everyday life, and then as a as a manager or as a business owner, how would you use it in those settings?
1: Um. <clears throat> And I'm going to re- relate it back to stuff that I know that you're interested in because you, Lorraine, are a bit of a master of emotional intelligence because in the world of marketing, you're creating messages that elicit emotion. And in the world of sales, you're using those emotionally elicited messages, eliciting messages to move people to action, right? Yeah,
0: oh, absolutely. The,
1: yeah, like you remember the stuff. I think you and I even talked about it years ago um, Anthony Robbins talking about the pleasure-pain pleasure pain principle, like I can talk, and that, um, yeah, I know, it's kind of a tongue twister, but that people are always trying to move towards pleasure and away from pain, yeah. that in the world of sales and marketing, this has been kind of a staple for a couple of decades, right? So in yeah. everyday yeah. life, what you're doing, Lorraine, is creating these messages. Even the name of your company, Round Peg is designed to elicit some emotions from a particular set of people who, you know, round peg, square hole, you know, that kind of thing. So and if, does that make sense?
0: No, it, it, it totally makes sense. I mean, it, and, and that is, um, I, I, I mean, I never thought about it that way, but there's always that aha moment when somebody um, looks at our name and you can always see that the second that they make that connection and it yeah. always makes them smile. Because they, they always feel like, oh, I get it. And, 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 and that, that pleasure then sort of draws them to us. You're, you're absolutely exactly. right. It's an interesting uh, thought. So, well, as a. You
1: know, in, in the world of leadership, and as well as in the world of sales and marketing, um, people like being known, gotten, and respected. I mean, people really love that. And as leaders, even leaders in in, uh, entrepreneurial leaders in our own companies, when we're out talking with people, if we can get into their world instead of just having a conversation, you know, from our world, that's a way to apply emotional intelligence in our everyday interactions with people as leaders.
0: it's interesting because we have a lot of, as you're talking about this, I'm thinking about a lot of the clients um As we try to help them and get them to realize they need to step beyond their technology, they need to step mm-hmm. beyond the the features and the benefits, and really um, look at how do people feel about their products, how do okay. their how do their employees feel about the company um, and i'm going to just jump on real quick and see if our caller has a question. Thanks for calling in. Do you have a question for Lolita? Okay. Well, then, uh, continue to enjoy the show. Um, Lolita, as as you're kind of working through this with with managers, um, I couldn't help but think about, you know, the fact that a lot of this research came out of World War II. And a a lot of corporate cultures, especially when I first started my career, were very much that command and control structure. Yes. And if if that's the environment that you're used to and that's how you're leading, how do you make that switch? How do you create an environment that's more based on um, emotional leadership rather than (coughs) just the the sort of intellectual do this, then do that type of thing?
1: You know, um, this is something that we've been trying to figure out for, for a while. It's actually a really good question because a lot of our structures for leadership did come out of world war ii it was a pretty powerful time in psychology and business psychology particularly because that's where um psychological testing came from um, leadership testing came from world war ii and you know world war One and world war Two. so one of the, the simplest things like at the granular level that i talk to leaders about about getting in the world of the people that they're talking to and then i want to talk about culture um is if you can repeat back to someone what they said You've gone a long way to helping that person understand that you're willing to be in their world. A lot of times we're on conversational um, oh, uh, autopilot. We're just, we're having a conversation with ourselves. In fact, what I tell leaders is that for the most part, we're having a conversation with ourselves about somebody else's conversation with us and then they're having a conversation with us about their convers- about their conversation with us. I mean, there's all this- and if you put all of those conversations on speakerphone, they would lock you up.
0: <laughs> really,
1: they would lock you up. So, so one of the things is just helping leaders understand that, that there's this stuff going on. We're not listening to one another. And we've got cultures that are designed around not listening to one another. I mean, the leaders are selected for a whole host of traits. One of them is not agreeableness and relatability.
0: No. So, okay, so so let's let's kind of translate that into into kind of my world, which is more the the small business world, and uh, take that behavior to like a networking event. What happens when these people go to networking events like this?
1: Oh, my God, you've seen them, Lorraine. They are the, they're the people that are, that are chasing you with a cocktail in one hand and a pile of business cards in the other, telling you, vomiting on you about what they're about. Oh, my God, I do this. I sell copier paper. You need copier paper. And, and you can see people running. They're like, they're like, I don't know, border collies chasing people from one side of the room to the other. You can see them.
0: Oh, you know, you're absolutely right. And Allison, what do those same people look like on social media? They seem like the crazy
1: people talking to
0: themselves, just <laughs> like you said. Um,
1: yeah.
0: you know, it's it's funny because that same behavior um uh people don't change. I think the mediums have changed. I think the the places that we're connecting the are changing, the platforms, but the behavior is not getting better.
1: Exactly. And I think sometimes we get really kind of enamored with particular platforms. A coffee table or Twitter, really, it's what you're it's what you're saying at the coffee table, it's what you're saying on Twitter that really matters.
0: What I've
1: what I've noticed is though, when you're talking about networking, and you know that I used to teach some stuff with networking and you and I I think that's how we actually met. Absolutely. But you and I, well you you and I talked about this was years ago, like a long time ago. About the fundamental lack of curiosity that we seem to have as entrepreneurs about what other people are doing.
0: Oh gosh, yeah. That I mean the uh, the the number of conversations that you have where you listen to the other person go on ad nauseum, and and you're waiting. You're just waiting for just that simple question. Yeah. What yeah. do yeah. Tell you me about
1: do? Yeah.
0: And then it doesn't come. Yeah. And, and it's really hard, I mean, you know, it's really hard, I think, as, as someone who probably does lead more as an emotional leader, um, not to sometimes get offended or get your feelings hurt when you have patiently listened, and then the person goes, well, thanks for talking to me, nice meeting you, and you're like, you didn't meet me, you could have stood in the, <laughs> the water and talked to a plant, because, because you don't know any more about me than you do that plant.
1: Yeah, Lorraine, that's about right.
0: Yeah. That's about right.
1: And 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 for the most part, we're told to get out there, pass those business cards out, and 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 this again, a technical term, vomit on people. Here's what I do, blah 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 blah. And the thing is, I don't think that we can be offended by that because they're doing what they know how to do. Like Maya Angelou said, if they knew better, they'd do better, right?
0: Fair enough. But not. I think
1: for well, for those of us. That are developing our own emotional intelligence. The question you're asking is, how do you, if, as somebody who's developing your emotional intelligence, how do you interact with people who aren't?
0: Okay. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. Good I question.
0: Mean, so, so uh, you know what? I think that's a great question. How do we help people who are perhaps not connected to? That side of who they are. Um, how do we help guide them without just stopping them in the middle of a networking conversation, which I have done, reaching across the table and saying, "Okay, you
1: need to stop now." Um, that's actually not a bad thing to do. <laughs> that's not a bad thing. Well, you know what I what I do as a <clears throat> as an executive coach, and I've been doing this now um, inside my business and for the Fortune 500 company I work for for now about 20, 22 years. Is interrupting people like when we get on these on these um, like on automatic pilot there's some a process that you have to go through to take the plane off of autopilot and I think when we're talking with people sometimes people don't even know that they're on autopilot and sometimes you do have to like what you talked about. you have to tell them hey you know um yeah and then also you have to make a decision whether or not it's important that they know anything about you because it may not be. And
0: you know what? I think that was the other um that was I think one of my biggest breakthroughs was getting to a point where I thought, you know what, it's okay if you walk away now. Because yeah, it is it, it, and 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 my you know, my insisting on telling you my story is simply right. my mm-hmm. desire at this moment to um to run my my script, to run my exactly. kind of pilot and if you're really not interested, it's okay. Yeah. Okay, I, I want to switch gears and ask you more about the um the brain-based work that you've
1: been doing. Oh my, yes. Okay,
0: so give me uh do exactly what you did um at the the top of the show which is explain <laughs> to an idiot, aka me, step me through um kind of what this is, how it works, and how it's beneficial.
1: Okay again in a shiny little nutshell from somebody with a doctorate getting a doctorate in this stuff at the end of this year. Ooh, ah, ooh. Yeah, um, you somebody... <laughs> okay,
0: that's really cool and and you're allowed to run that autopilot sc-
1: uh, script for a little while. Oh, oh, for just enough to give you a shiny little nugget. And let me give yeah. you the shiniest littlest shiny nugget of this thing humanly possible. And that is that um <laughs> Oh, you're going to kill me. That you're that what you 're dealing with that um, like emotion let's say an emotion is a physiological experience of your state of mind, and your state of mind is biochemical and environmental so so what we 're saying with um, neuro based leadership neuro based entrepreneurialism, even is that there's the contents of your mind and the structures in your brain that will either support you to be successful or won't.
0: Okay. okay. All
1: right. Are you with me so far? Because I'm not on uh, a shiny nugget yet.
0: Okay, good, because I have a couple of questioning looks here. <laughs> but, but okay, so but basically what you're saying, if, if I can kind of feed this back to you, is that there is a um, physiological connection to your thought processes.
1: So there's, uh-huh. there,
0: there are physical reactions that go on as you have different types of thoughts. Exactly. Okay. All right. So I'm ready for a shiny nugget.
1: And here's the here's like the shiniest part of the nugget, that all of that's happening and has very little to do with what you think about them. Okay. Give me that,
0: um. Give me an example of how that might play out.
1: How that might play out? Like, um, let me tell you about how it plays out with my work with clients. The um, the biggest challenge that my clients have is behaviors that that used to work. And those behaviors used to work, and they were rewarded, and they became biochemically wired in as a biological response in the face of that stimulus. When you have angry employees, here's what you do, right? So it becomes like that stimulus response. We think that that has something to do with our conscious mind, and there's biochemical stuff that's happening that we're not even aware of. So
0: it's it's sort of like the whole fight or flight thing. Um, There was a guy when when I was um, early in my career, um, he was an engineer, I was in marketing. So you have this natural adversarial relationship. Mm -hmm. And um, he, no matter what I said, no matter what I suggested, he always responded with, that won't work. Um, We've tried it before. And so he was sort of, I mean, it was running on autopilot. But then what happened was Every time um, he would walk into a meeting, I had to get ready for a fight. I could see after a while, I could feel my blood pressure. Just he walk yeah. into the room, and I could just feel my blood pressure going up. If he could say good morning to me,
1: exactly. And at that point, he was on, yeah, he was on neurobiological autopilot. And after a while, you were on neurobiological autopilot. And it wasn't about, I think sometimes the, the idea of brain based leadership, brain based entrepreneurialism, brain based coaching mm-hmm. is it has people understand that, um, that this, a lot of this stuff that's happening to us is beyond the level of choice. This is not about stuff that you choose. Like you didn't cho- choose for your blood pressure to go up in this, when you saw this guy walk into a room and say hello. Mm-mm. Right? Yeah. And after a while, with, re- with behavior being rewarded and setting down neuro patterns, to change that behavior, you're talking about changing your wetware. I mean, that's some hard hard stuff to do.
0: So you get, okay, so, so as you're working with business owners who are 40 and 50 years old, we're not talking about um, the, the young kids at Verge. You're talking to people who've got a lot of hard coding. That, that's, yeah. Okay? And they, they're trying to start a business, and they are coming out of a corporate environment where there's a whole different set of rules. How do you go about changing some of this brain-based stuff that's a part of you? How do you how do you break the habits? How do you break the conditioning yeah. that has served you well for 30 years?
1: Yeah, but and see what you're talking about is this is what's so important is I don't focus on breaking habits and breaking conditioning. It's always going to be there. Okay? Um what I talk about talk with them about is um, is how the stimulus response reward system actually worked for them. What did you get rewarded from for in your last job? Okay, so that stuff has a lot of math because it's had a lot of reward in it. Somebody who's 40 or 50, they've been rewarded for certain behaviors for 20 or 30 years, right? In the workplace, they may have been rewarded for that in high school and rewarded for that in middle school. There's a lot of reward in there and a lot of neurobiological patterns have been set down that says in the face of this, do this, right? Yes. What I I have to understand is the process of change of an individual, process of change so that you get to a point where they're doing new behavior and it's almost as automatic as the other behavior was, it can take two to six months. That's the thing that I understand. It takes a while.
0: Well, it it took a while to to build the first set of behaviors.
1: Exactly.
0: You know, in some regard, this is very similar to um, what my sales coach Matt Nettleton uh, always says: is you do the behavior. There's there's sort of three yeah. components. There's your attitudes about it. There's whether or not you believe it will work, and then there's a part of the sales process which is just the automatic do the behavior and do it long enough that you exactly. you see the rewards, um, but you got to stay with it. And then at that point, it, it is sort of um, re- it then reinforces the behavior.
1: Exactly. Uh, and understanding that there's a period in there, like um, the way that your wetware works. I don't know if you've ever done this before. I, I'm kind of a freak, but Jello. Jello. <laughs> Talk okay. about your brain. Now we're talking about Jello.
0: From brains to food. Okay. Um,
1: okay. I've got an image of Wiggly Jello. Are you with me? But you know that there's a point where you can warm up Jello, and um, and it unjels, and then you cool it down again, and it will regel. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, but I can brain believe wo- that. your brain works the same way. You you have to warm up your brain by doing different behaviors, by getting conscious reinforcement of what the behavior is and about what the result is, and keep doing that for a certain amount of time until. It's, that behavior starts to develop some math because it's been rewarded because you've got new conscious ways of thinking about that behavior and then after a while that behavior gels back in like the jello when you put it back in the refrigerator it gels back in right
0: that, that's a real that's a really cool analogy but it but it I mean I can totally see that at work because um, for me I hate making um, sales calls I, mm. I I love, I love talking to people, and once I'm on the phone, but that whole picking it up, this is going to be a sales call, I hate it. And yeah. um, two years of sales training, and Matt has finally convinced me I just have to do the behavior. And yeah. so I'm making you know, 15, 20 calls a day, uh, and I've been doing it since the beginning of the year, and I've been tracking it. Well, suddenly, I'm getting people calling me back and, and getting some really good responses to some of those calls. Well, then every day that happens, it's actually easier for me to make that next round of calls.
1: There you go. And why that is, looking from the prism of neuro-based leadership, neuro-based coaching, neuro-based whatever, is that you're creating new neurological patterns in your brain that are being rewarded so that they're locked down, and after a while they'll become automatic. And like in a a year, you'll be picking up the phone to make these calls, and you won't even think about it.
0: Really cool advice for small business owners. We are just uh, getting close to the two-minute mark, and I want to be sure to uh, let people know if they want to learn more about this stuff and about you, where can they go?
1: Um, They can go to info at com or my website, totalteamsolutions.com. They can send me a quick note on Twitter at L-L-A-M-O-S smoke signals work
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 and if all else fails i can always check out the starbucks at 71st on the west side
1: oh my gosh oh that's not even my starbucks anymore i moved i moved i'm, I'm yeah. now at a new starbucks uh,
0: so we'll have, to, yeah. we'll have to catch up there for a couple of coffee
1: definitely will
0: awesome um Okay, well, we have, um, we've had a wonderful uh, show. This has been really kind of different. I think really uh, interesting, given us a lot of things to think about. Um, Allison, I know you've been on Twitter this morning, and uh, have we had questions or just, um, little, again, a little different from um, our typical show, but I'm so glad that you came. This was so much fun, and um, maybe we'll even get a chance to catch up face-to-face sometime soon.
1: That would be delicious. I would love that.
0: Awesome. And in the meantime, for our listeners, if you've enjoyed today's program, if you'd like to learn more about marketing, networking, um, social media, be sure to check out our blog on www.roundpeg.biz. Next week, we are going to be talking about Pinterest. Um, Allison and I will be sort of sharing some of our early perspectives and experiences with the news. Uh, hot social media platform. Be sure to tune in, 10.30, next week. Lolita, thanks again. This has been a lot of fun.
1: You're quite Um, welcome, Lorraine. Nice to meet you, Allison. Nice to meet
0: you, Lolita. This has been another episode of More Than a Few Words. Thanks for listening.